Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is July 24th through the 30th, and we are studying the New Testament for the Come Follow Me program for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints this year in 2023. So, Paul. We are talking about Paul in Acts, and it is very, it is abundantly clear that Paul is a chosen servant of the Lord. It is abundantly clear that he loves the Lord, that he seeks the will of the Lord, and then he seeks to fulfill the Lord's will. Very, very, very clear. He has a vision during his missionary work in which a man in Macedonia, which is northern Greece, comes to him in this vision, and the man asks him to come to Macedonia. So Paul does. Paul and Silas, his missionary companion, they leave immediately to go. And couple different things happen. One of the things that happens is they cast a spirit out of a woman. And she had been particularly valuable to a couple of the men who lived there. She would make them money by doing basically witchcraft. And Paul and Silas had cast a spirit out of her so she could no longer do that. And that made these men who were making money off this woman. It made them really mad. And so they stir up the people and they rally them against Paul and Silas and the magistrates in the area command that Paul and Silas be beaten and thrown into prison. And this is exactly what happens. Now the story goes on for a while. Lots of miracles happen. Prison tumbles, prison guard is converted, etc., etc. And it is very, very easy for us to read the story and to see the miracle, right? The miracle that they were thrown into prison. It's very easy for us to see that. Interestingly enough, <laughs> it was also very easy, apparently, for Paul and Silas to see it for the miracle that it was before the miracles, traditionally thought of miracles, started occurring. So this is Acts chapter 16. It's verse 25. And this is before everything starts happening, where there's an earthquake and the prison tumbles, etc., etc. So, verse 25. It says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So they're singing praises. Now, I really often like to look... When I'm reading scriptures, I like to look at the characters, especially the people, because to examine their faith and their weaknesses, their understandable mortal, mortal weaknesses, because I will often find myself in them. However, as I read about how they were singing praises to the Lord as they're standing in shackles, <laughs> I thought about the fact that I, that would probably not be my immediate reaction, just judging off of other trials I experience and how I react to them. I don't know that I would have started breaking out into praises or even just internally praying and praising God internally. But I would have prayed. <laughs> it says they praised and prayed. And I would have prayed. I know that I'm at a point in my life where at least I would pray and be pleading for help. I'd be terrified. I'd be begging the Lord to help me out of that situation, to get me out of there so I could continue on his work and do what he wanted me to do probably not fully realizing that maybe he wanted me there, but yeah, praying to get out of it, right? Now, for all we know, 
maybe that's where Paul and Silas started, right? It declares very clearly in that verse that it was at midnight that they started singing praises and praying. Now, maybe midnight was the very second that they were put in their shackles and maybe right as they're put in their shackles, they just start praising God. Maybe they felt totally faithful through that whole process and it was just midnight when they decided to start singing praises or to praying aloud so that the other prisoners could hear it. We don't really, really know. We don't really know, right? And I don't ask that question to diminish their faith because we don't know. They could have been faithful and singing praises even as they were being beaten before they were put in shackles, right? I don't do it so I can diminish their faith. I do it because it helps me <laughs> explore path in which I might go from being at the point where I'm just praying and pleading and scared to the point where I am ready to praise the Lord, no matter what circumstances I'm in. Now, when I would read stories like this when I was growing up, I wanted to imitate them, which is a good first step. <laughs> My methods weren't always super secure or helpful, but I wanted to at least imitate them. I wanted, whenever something bad happened, I wanted to get to the point where I was just praising God, totally grateful, right there all the time, right? And really what this often resulted in was a lot of stifling of my struggles and telling myself they didn't matter and I needed to get over it and stop being a baby, right? And trying to act more devout than I actually was. Now, I wasn't doing that so I could be hypocritical. I wasn't trying to have everybody think I was so great and devout, right? It was because I sincerely wanted to be more devout than I was. I wanted to be grateful and singing praises in my trials. However, as I have continued on in life, I have learned that that process, that that particular method wasn't doing me any favors. <laughs> Instead, it is much better to start exactly where you are. So when I, if I were to get thrown into prison, right, and my immediate reactions were fear and terror, and I'm a super pansy when it comes to pain, and so if I'd been beaten, I wouldn't be handling that very well. <laughs> And so all of these emotions that I'm experiencing at first, maybe I wouldn't be in a place where I was praising God, but I know that eventually I could get there. Even if I didn't start there, I could get there. In order to make that change, to go from pleading and praying and scared to feeling grateful in any circumstance, that change can only occur when you start with acceptance. It's not a telepath, like it's, you can't just move there really, really fast, right? The change requires work and it's gonna require a little bit of time to get to that point where you're praising. And so pretending so, to be somewhere where you're not, where you're praising, isn't gonna help you make that change. Now I, don't believe I'm totally alone. Maybe I'm just making myself feel better, but I don't believe I'm totally alone in the fact that I don't know that my immediate reaction would have been 
praising. <laughs> Luckily, I'm at a point in my life where I look at Paul and Silas and I see that they were praising in prison and I don't feel like I need to beat myself up about that anymore that I'm not at that point yet. I think it is infinitely important to be able to accept where you're at in your faith. And it is also equally important to move forward from that point. Both are absolutely necessary to accept where you're at and to be ready to move forward. Because when we look at Paul and Silas, the fact that they were praising God, if that was sincere praise, which I'm inclined to believe that it was, <laughs> imagine the power of being in such a terrible situation and still feeling peaceful enough and feeling close enough to God and feeling gratitude no matter what the circumstances are, right? It sounds like a pleasant way to live. It is a way that we want to be. We want to be those kinds of people that remain steady through difficult things, right? And so how do we get there? How do we get to the point where we react like Paul and Silas? Now, I'm only going to talk about one method today. There's lots of ways, a million ways to get there, right? Heavenly Father gave us a million tools to get to that point of conversion. But I just want to focus on one for today. And it is extremely simple, <laughs> but I want to place it into this specific context. Because sometimes when we just over oversimplify it, it doesn't always get practiced. So let's talk about it specifically. My method that I want to talk about is prayer. Prayer is the power by which you tap into heaven to change. It's not to change your circumstances, but for you to change. Prayer is the power by which you tap into heaven so that you can see how heaven sees, so that you can see the earth and trials and blessings and everything in reality, where you can see it for what it really is. And when you see it in reality, you act differently. Prayer allows you to step up to heaven's doors so that you can see how heaven sees so that you can change. And when you start praying, <laughs> you start exactly where you're at because you're talking to your heavenly father and he already knows where you're at. And so it'd be kind of silly to try to not just be honest with him and to start exactly where you're at. He knows you better than you know yourself. I have begun many a prayer in one state of mind and ended in a completely different, happier state of mind. And I can think of one instance in particular in which I started a prayer in anger. And I've started plenty of prayers in anger, but I'm thinking of one specifically. I had had a family member who I felt had let me down, <laughs> had kind of pulled the rug out from under my feet. And I was upstairs working at my house and I started to go downstairs to grab something. And I heard this same family member talking badly, saying things that were kind of mean. And it made me so angry, <laughs> made me really, really angry. And so I went back to my room and I decided just to keep working to try to distract myself from the fact that I was really, really, really angry to try and distract myself from going downstairs and yelling at them and telling them the reason I was such a mess was because they had pulled the rug out from under me. And I was trying really hard to distract myself with all these different tasks. 
And I would find myself starting to walk downstairs to go give them a piece of my mind. And then at the last second, turning around <laughs> and thinking better of it because I was not in the right state of mind. It would have been totally appropriate to go down and have a discussion with them about it and to explain why that was not the right choice to make. But I was not in the correct state of mind to have that conversation. I was extremely angry. And finally, at some point, I don't know how long it took me, but at some point I realized that I could pray for help about it. And so I knelt down and I started to pray and it was a very angry prayer. And I'm pretty sure I was kind of yelling in my prayer. I don't think I was yelling out loud, but I was yelling in my head. And I started exactly where I was at because I knew that Heavenly Father knew I wasn't yelling at him, (laughs) that I was starting where I was at. And I knew that he knew that I wanted to change and knew that he wouldn't turn me away, but that he would help me become better because I wanted to be better. I knew that he could see the situation more clearly than I did because I was seeing it emotionally. I knew I knew he would help me. And so I allowed myself to start exactly where I was and I was really angry and I prayed that he would help me see the situation more clearly so that I could change and he came through. So I started to remember all of these experiences that I had had with this family member in which I was reminded that they're very, very good people and that everybody makes mistakes and are imperfect. And then to really drive the point home, <laughs> I remembered all these instances in which I had exact in which I had acted exactly the same way (laughs) and how me and this family member were actually very similar people. And by the end of my prayer and speaking to Heavenly Father and him basically talking me through it, not actually talking me through it, but you know what I'm saying, helping me work through it, the anger had all but dissolved. And that process of going from exactly where you're at to a much better state of mind let's say, praising God, no matter your circumstances. That was a very fast experience that I had, right? But it may be more drawn out, right? It can take a while for Heavenly Father to reveal things about the situation that can open our eyes. It might take a while for us to be totally prepared to be changed. That process can be far more drawn out than just one prayer right there and changing, just depending on the severity of the circumstance. And I know I was talking specifically about being angry, but I know that the principle that is in that story, going from where you're at to changing, to see how heaven sees and to being grateful and being in a better state of mind, I know that applies to any emotion. Disappointment, discouragement, fear, hysteria, whatever whatever you're facing. Now, If I had been put in prison, I mean, perhaps I would have been angry. Could have been very well that I would have been angry (laughs) as part of it. I think my primary emotion would have been fear. But I believe that by those same principles, I would have experienced a change again. So after lots of tears and lots of frustration and lots of pleading with the Lord to free me so that I could continue doing his work... (laughs) I would have eventually been able to change to the point where I was ready to be praising God, no matter what circumstances he had led me in. The Lord would have waited for the hysteria to die down so that he could walk me through it. 
he would have given me memories in which I remembered past trials or sacrifices that had seemed to hinder me, but were actually propelling me along. I would have remembered his son and what his son went through. I would have remembered that no matter what I was going through in that moment, there was a home being prepared for me by my loving Heavenly Father, a home in which everything would be made up to me. And he would have been able to remind me of these things as I prayed and spoke to him. And by the end of it, by the end of that process, which can happen in a few minutes like it did with my specific story, or it can happen over the process of a year, however long it takes. I know that by the end of it, by the end of talking to him, by the end of him changing me, I would have felt gratitude for where he had led me. I would have felt gratitude for what was promised to me. I wouldn't have had to fake it or try to be more devout than I was. I would have sincerely felt it. Now, I believe that prayer is just one tool of many that can change us from anger and disappointment and fear to praising disciple, but it has to be true prayer. True prayer requires that your bottom line between you and the Lord is a desire to understand things clearly so that you can change according to that information that is given to you. It can include pleading for what you want. It can include telling him exactly where you're at and how you're feeling and why you feel betrayed or hurt or scared or whatever it is. It can include all of those ingredients. But the bottom line between you and the Lord has to be a willingness to see things the way the Lord wants you to see them and then a willingness to change yourself according to that new information. And as we repeat this process, this hitting an obstacle, this prayer and evolving, hitting an obstacle, prayer and evolving, hitting an obstacle, prayer and evolving, after repeating this many, 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 many times, we eventually become like Paul to where our immediate response becomes praising, right? It gets to the point where we hit the obstacle and we don't have to take the entire roller coaster of emotions in order to get to the end. We hit the obstacle and we're like, oh, I know what happens at the end of this. And we arrive there before going through the entire roller coaster, right? That being said, (laughs) that kind of faith where you hit the obstacle and you automatically already feel some level of peace, right? It's okay to feel suffering and difficulty in life. That's why we're here. But to have that, I guess, bottom line of peace, it is okay if you're not at that point yet. (laughs) It takes a while to train yourself, to train your heart and your brain to realize that the Lord is going to be with you. It takes having enough experiences with him because we don't remember our pre-mortal life. (laughs) It takes having enough experiences with him to trust that it's going to work out and be fine. And so we don't have to be ashamed of having to ride that roller coaster every single time, right? It is through riding that roller coaster over and over and over again and getting to the end over and over and over again that we naturally develop that faith that allows us to praise the second we hit that obstacle. This is the kind of faith 
that faith that where you hit the obstacle and you automatically start praising. It's that kind of faith that brings the biggest miracles. When I look at Paul and Silas and the fact that they were praising the Lord, they didn't have faith that he would change things and make it all better and pat them on the head and send them on their way to keep doing missionary work. They didn't have faith that he would destroy all their enemies and put them on a big pedestal to teach everybody, right? That wasn't their faith. Their faith was simply in him and his power and abilities and his wisdom to do the right things and his and the fact that he was watching them intently and knew knew where they were, right? They had a simple faith in God no matter where he where God was choosing to lead them. And that is made evident in the fact that they were praising, even though the situation looked extremely bleak. Now, there are different, I would say, levels of faith as we're growing through faith, right? There is the kind of faith where you hit an obstacle and it takes faith to turn to the Lord and ask the Lord to change you. That takes faith. You can't see that the Lord's going to change you. It takes faith to recognize that you might not be seeing things clearly. It takes faith. And then as you continue to exercise that faith, where you're talking to the Lord over and over again and changing, you hit another level of faith where you hit the obstacle and you don't even have to pray about it. You already know that he's going to help you work through it, right? It is the kind of faith that you develop that no matter what obstacle you hit, wherever you find yourself in life, you just have faith in God, no matter where he's leading you. No matter what you run into, you have faith in God, not in specific circumstances that he's going to do or be or whatever, but just faith in God, no matter where he leads you. And these, this is the kind of faith that brings about miracles. It's the kind of faith that Moses had when the Red Sea parted. That huge miracle that everybody talks about all the time, right? Israelites are freaking out that they're going to die. Before Moses prays and talks to the Lord, before he says, Heavenly Father, I'm really scared. Are you going to take care of us? Is it all going to be okay? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, he turns to the people and he's like, why are you freaking out? Like, the Lord has already shown that he's on our side and he's going to take care of us, right? He had been through that roller coaster enough that he had the kind of faith that he knew the Lord was going to take care of them before he even prayed about it. He'd had enough experiences to where he had built that faith. And it was that kind of faith that split the sea. It was that kind of faith that we read all throughout the Old Testament with Daniel and the lions and so many stories we read throughout all the Old Testament. And it manifests as peace in turbulent times. It requires getting to know our Heavenly Father and our Savior through conversations with them, through prayer. Because we could live our whole lives with them delivering us over and over again, with everything working out eventually, with difficult things becoming good things in our lives, right? But we would miss the entire situation if we're not talking to the Lord and he's showing us, right? Unless we are taking the time to talk to them and hearing that it's going to be okay, that it's going to be for our better. We could go our entire lives hitting obstacle after obstacle and wondering whether this was going to be the one that was going to topple us, right? But if we're talking to the Lord, 
it can help us build the faith to the point where we eventually get to where we hit obstacles and we know it's not going to be any different than past obstacles. I am grateful for my Heavenly Father. I am grateful for my Savior. I'm grateful that the faith that I have is sufficient for them for now. I'm grateful that they're leading me along step by step to grow into a greater faith, to grow into greater peace and greater happiness. I'm grateful that they're happy with where I'm at and that they're willing to take me somewhere farther. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.